dance, Squeezer. That could only mean one thing. It's 1989. We summoned the magical imp known as Prince to do us a soundtrack. And it's been a while since I've collected royalties on the book Hit and Run. <laughs> There's a whole story on getting Prince to do the soundtrack to this album in Hit and Run. Yeah. Check it out. But John Peters and Peter Gruber had their hands in everything 80s and 90s. Those two kids. We're talking 18, 1989. And I'm sure you have one of your ridiculous preambles. Oh, yeah, it goes on for a while here. I actually tried to be positive. Nothing like boring the audience right off the bat. I, I disagree. I disagree. Because no one doesn't love a good list. Uh, yeah, well, I guess. But this is, more, this is bigger than Schindler's. Well, that's sad. <laughs> you would have liked that one to be a little bit longer. I guess so. You tried everything. All right. So, 1989. Yeah. Busy year. So sure. I kept a lot of the negative stuff out this time because I'm right. trying to be... Well, there's a, a lot of positive. A lot of positive. Well, for the time being, you know, because the whole, the whole Berlin Wall thing falling down, which thank God that happened because without that, we wouldn't have the decor that we needed for uh, Hard Rock... Uh, what were they called? Hard Rock Cafe. Hard Rock Cafes, yeah. So if without the Berlin Wall falling, what would, you know, slovenly Americans take pictures in front of and say, look, history. <laughs> or then they could sell a piece of it on Pawn Stars because it's so rare. Oh. It's not. It's everywhere. Has that been done? Yeah, so the whole parrot, yeah, they did that. He's like, yeah, I don't want this. There's, it might mean something to you, but it means nothing to me. Huh. Yeah, the whole perestroika thing going on, so... Yeah, the world opened up. We got our McDonald's. Uh, the first McDonald's was being built in Moscow at the time, okay. which wasn't the first. Uh, there was a first uh, American fast food joint. They had a Nathan's Hot Dog in Moscow before there was a McDonald's. Wow. Yep, changing the world. Uh, and in ni- 1989, it was the year 4,322 in Korea, by the way. Fuck. And in Unix time, it was 59961600-63115199999. Thank you for that. Yes. Now I was the, wondering what the yes. Unix Yes. Now, it was was. Only, it's only a 32-bit system, so the world's going to end in 2038, just so you're aware. Oh. Yes. Because, you know, if the Mayan calendar didn't do it, I'm sure another calendar that was created in the 1970s Wait will determine the end you're of the world. You're saying the Unix computer system. Yes. Which Unix is the base of Mac OS. Yeah. Which is the base of every piece of software on every single, most of the cell phones in the world. Yeah. And, well, actually all of them, because Linux is what Android's based on, mm-hmm. which is based on Unix. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you're saying that all, since our phones control us, and what's the year again? Uh, 2038. Will we be, ah, oh, shit, we'll still be alive. Yeah, well. Well. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. All right, go on. We're getting grim already. It's too early to be grim. I know. Well, George Bush was president. <laughs> the first one. Not going to do it. Uh, Soviet, the Soviets yeah. finally left Afghanistan, all thanks to one John Rambo. And didn't, um, in real life, though, we, had, we gave Afghanistan weapons to fight the Soviets. Not necessarily Afghanistan per se, but the fighters there, a little guy named Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Speaking of good people, uh, Ted Bundy, 
Oh, he's electrocuted. Yeah, right? he got fried. And Florida. Uh, They're the ones that'll do it. And uh, John Tower uh, was rejected by the Senate the first time ever for Secretary of Defense because they didn't think that he would be appropriate for the job. So someone else got the job. Oh, wow. Uh, a fun little fella named Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, let's see. Do, do, do. That was before Halliburton. Oh, uh, the Exxon Valdez had its oopsie. It did. Uh, Ron Hextall was the first goalie to score in the playoffs. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, the whole Tiananmen Square thing went down. That Censoring you know. the internet back in 1989. What? That's what that was over, right? Uh, no, it was 89. There was really no internet. There was, but that's what was. what were they protesting? I don't know, China things? Censorship. I'm pretty sure that's what they're... Pro- oh, I'm sure. Pro- well, the guy just wanted to stand in the street. Uh, we got the Sega Genesis. Yes, we uh, did. The Still Voyager- no one gave a shit about it. The Voyager 2 passes uh, Neptune all the way out there. Uh, Pete Rose accepts his band. Ban. Well, for- in 99, it also came out that he was gambling. Sure. But he, he, he accepted his ban and... Uh, was still beloved by many until 2017, where it was finally accepted that he is a piece of shit. <laughs> Took a while. Uh, we get our first gay marriage in Denmark. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, the last two holdouts from World War II Japanese soldiers finally uh, went back to Japan and gave up the fight. So officially World War II ended in 1989. Well... Uh, the last so golden like the toad, number. the last golden toad was ever seen, is now believed to be extinct. Poor little fella. <laughs> uh, straight out of Compton sells one million albums. Uh, a certain Taylor Swift is born. Yeah, and she wrote named a the album fairly popular song about this particular year. Yeah. That'd be like me writing a song about 1983. Uh, Salvador Dali died. We also lost Lucille Ball, Ayatollah Khomeini. Uh, the Dalai Lama won the Nobel Peace Prize, which I feel like that's something he should do every year. Like, that's his job, is right. to just win the Nobel Peace Prize. If you don't, then you're just fucked up. Well, I'll have to remember Dalai Lama first. That game Stop we're playing, because one yes. of the things that comes by often is Nobel Peace Prize winners. Dalai Lama. And if I get a D, I got yeah, Dalai yeah, Lama. Yeah. Uh, wait. Shit, I just gave an answer to him. Well, I just hope that you get that within I'll the next edit like, that 12 out. hours. Yeah. Uh, they discovered remains at a Globe Theater in London. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Shakespeare. Uh, Whereas, did they discover the plague, the bubonic plague? Oh, if they dig it up and yeah. they like open up, there's like an old like Coke can like from the refreshment stand there, and they open <laughs> it up and bubonic plagues inside. I don't think they were selling Coke back then. I think Globe was it, pure Pepsi. Okay, they yeah. had a deal with Pepsi. Right. Once gotcha. you make a poor dealer and a deal in a venue, you can't really bring the other brand in we had some arrivals to the comic scene tim drake shows up ah uh we get crossbones and jubilee all make their uh, first appearances in 1989 uh there were a few movies that came out in 89 uh, just a few just a we few. went over these just we, not yeah like when we were going over the summer move it was like two weeks ago was it something like that yeah, yeah. during the during um the uh, yeah. The weekend one, we went over, like, we found a listing of a summer in 89, and it was, like, Last Crusade, 89. Ghostbusters 2, yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Batman. 
uh, Born on the Fourth of July, Little Mermaid, Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Lethal Weapon 2, Dead Poet Society, Look Who's Talking, Back to the Future 2, Batman, Indiana Jones, and Last Crusade, Field of Dreams, All Dogs Go to Heaven, which made Ugh, me cry. Me too. Uh, who's Harry Crumb, Bill and Ted, oh, The Burbs, Police Crumb. Academy 6, Fletch Lives, Major Academy League, Pet Cemetery, League. Roadhouse, Star <laughs> Trek V, as you call it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Weekend at Bernie's, Harry Met Sally, Turner and Hooch, License to Kill, which would be the last James Bond movie for like seven years until they come out with Goldeneye, Goldeneye. Abyss, and the <clears throat> um, Punisher movie. The Dolph Lundgren one? <sighs> when he's walking out with the kids at the end? Yeah. Oh, just, ugh. And uh, one Christmas vacation. Ah, uh, yes. Just. My opinion, the best of the well, yeah, it's, it's the it's, only one that still makes money, yeah, still watched every year. I watch it's, it. I yeah, watch it in July. Right. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson was named the king of pop by who? Uh, the that magazine award thing or whatever the fuck they call it. You know that pissed Howard Stern off. So that's when he started calling himself the king of all uh, media. Yes. Yeah, and he just ran. It was a marketing thing. Uh, Ringo Starr started his all star band. <laughs> that really panned out. Uh, Madonna's Like a Prayer came out. Green Day released 1,000 Hours, the right. EP. Uh, and David Hasselhoff released Looking for Freedom. Which was a huge hit in Germany. Uh, we discovered Hep C. They knocked that wall down, and all they had was David Hass- Hasselhoff. Yeah. So that's what they that's all they knew. And that's why they all started eating cheeseburgers now. <laughs> uh, we also got uh, a few shows. We, I mean, we talked ad nauseum, TGIF, and we yeah. will continue to. Right. Uh, Mike Myers joined uh, SNL. SNL. Arsenio got his show. Whoop, Pat, whoop, 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 Pat whoop. Sajak got his show. Wheel, for, Wheel of Fortune? No, the Pat Sajak show. No shit. Yeah, the, that like, really lasted, didn't show. it? Uh, I think it w- well, it was. How un- did he get a show? I can't stand him. He's so smug. Yeah, well, that's why it only lasted like uh, less than a year. It was only like 200 and some episodes. And the funny thing was... I liked Arsenio's, though. He had... uh, He was only on the show because, you know, a lot of those late night shows, they don't record a Friday night show or they don't... Yeah, they record two on Thursday. They record two on Thursday, so they don't do a Friday night show. So his schedule was he would do Tuesday, Monday through Thursday, but then they would have guest hosts come in on Fridays. And even though it was a Pat Sajak show, they would have random people... Well, Carson did that, but it was a Tonight Show. Well, yeah, but it was also Carson. Like, and he had a, a, a stable. He wasn't going anywhere. Right. He wasn't afraid basically, of losing his job. Basically, Pat Sajak. And they even joked afterwards, Rush Limbaugh being one of the hosts, that oh. that pa- Sajak kind of joked like, oh, they were just uh, uh, casting my replacement on Friday nights. <clears throat> and Limbaugh pretty much like confirmed that, yeah, that's what they were trying to do and there was this whole big blow up too where Limbaugh got into a fight with people in the crowd because of course he made it real political and well, he's a big chill. fat yeah. asshole so yeah that didn't last long he uh, sells versions of his chair yeah and drugs, and drugs. um coach ah, with Craig, Craig T. T. Nelson uh Chippendales Rescue Rangers <laughs> Tales from the Crypt Hey Dude and Saved by the Bell yes because in 88 we talked about Good Morning Miss Bliss oh oh, oh I almost Nah, you fucked that up. landed that on the counter. That was cool. Um, Eureka's Castle, G.I. Joe got a reboot. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show made its debut. American Gladiators, Camp Candy. Remember that Ah, I love that cartoon. That was on CBS, I think. Uh, Captain N, Doogie Howser, and then sadly we lost two shows. Um, They ended Dynasty and the Snorks. Snorks. Smurfs Underwater. Smurfs Underwater. 49ers beat the Bengals. 
the Philadelphia. The Bengals. What yeah. kind of, who likes the Bengals? <laughs> uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Wings won the lacrosse championship. I had no idea they'd been around that damn Really? Long. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Huh. Um, Did you work that game? <laughs> no, well, I meant the one oh, that was recently? here. No, no, no. no. I thought you meant back in 1989. No, well, I don't know. Uh, and then, you know, we talked. We had Game Boy. Dick Donnie, I might have. <laughs> He's probably listening. I work that. I was there. Uh, Game Boy, yeah. Oh, that's Game right. Boy he loves lacrosse. He loves that shit. Like, he actually. He, he does enjoy it, yeah. He cares. It is really popular. I just have never gotten into it. I think if I, I did, I would like it. All I know all I know about it is that you, it's the new thing that they reboot everything with. So if, you know, like Teen Wolf, instead of playing basketball, he plays lacrosse now. Uh, Air Bud okay. instead of that started back in um, that started back in American Pie. Lacrosse lax was the big sport. Was remember, that the, that's what the, okay. that's what they played and went to watch the lacrosse game. Yeah. But was that meant to be serious or is it kind of like the no, no, like pro a, thing where they mocking it in lacrosse? Mm, well, I think it was supposed to instead of football, it was lacrosse. Mm. You know, Oz Stryker and uh, mm. uh, Stifler played lacrosse. And it's also easy too when you're bringing in your uh, extras. You don't need to bring in as many people because no one goes to lacrosse games. <laughs> I think oh. we're going to alienate audience. People <laughs> like lacrosse. Yeah, well, they, like they can't. Oh, is it hit too close to home? It's lacrosse. I'm not making fun of you and your family, unless, you know, your whole family plays lacrosse and you make a living off of it. Well, in that case, I apologize. All right. Uh, and then we got Game Boy, Power Glove, uh, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, and Mega Man 2, and, of course, the DuckTales game for NES oh. in 1989. Wow, I had a, 1889 was a banner year for me in Nintendo. It was it was excellent. <clears throat> All right, well, we should start actually talking about our picks because that was a list. Those were my picks. Now my pick is kind. Of <laughs> I have six hours to compile that shit. Six. A lot of editing goes on in there. I could have. We could easily do an hour and a half for me just listing things. I think you need to learn to budget your time more wisely. Six hours. Well, not just on that. I worked on my picks. I did some pre-research. I dig deep. I feel like you set up, you have, you bring out your old stuffed animals and set up a mock, uh, like, what was that movie? Twelve Angry Men, where they're deliberating mm-hmm. the jury. It's like it's well, like I'm, that. I, 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 you present I, I, your facts. You let them make counter arguments. I, I have my, all, It's all in your head. I, ha- I have my figures in front of me. Cor- <laughs> I got Beachhead, Corporal Hicks, and my little Brotherhood of Steel guy are all there, just arguing with me. Right. My battle troll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hick, Hicks is the, uh, what's the, the jury guy? What's his name? The guy that heads up the jury. I can't remember. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Foreman. Foreman. Sure. Sure. Biff, yeah. the, or what's the guy from? Bailiff. J- bailiff. But no, no. the guy from Judge Judy. The yeah, that's the bailiff. Craig or, no, I'm thinking of his name. He was oh, always, yeah. Bert. Is it Bert? Yeah, I don't know. it might be. I don't, I don't know. Watch that show. So, uh, my first real pick uh, kind of is a is a cheater because it started in 88, but it ran through 89. So here it comes. Hi, man. Take your order, please. Big Mac McDLT, a quarter pounder with some cheese, filet, a fish, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a Happy Meal, McNuggets, tasty golden french fries, regular and larger sizes, salad, chef, a garden, or a chicken salad, oriental, big, big breakfast, egg McMuffin, hot cakes and sausage, maybe biscuits, bacon, egg and cheese and sausage, Danish, half one, two and four, dessert, hot apple pies and sundaes, three varieties of soft serve, corn, two kinds of shakes and chocolate, each of cookies, and to drink a Coca-Cola, diet, coke and orange, drink is right and coffee, decaf, two, a loaf, and milk, also an orange juice, I love McDonald's, but I'm great taste, and I get this all at one place. Would you like that to go? Ah, the McDonald's menu song. This came in the Sunday circulars. 
and it came on. It was back in 1989, kids. We still had record players in our house. And this came on what was known as a flexi disc. So it was a really thin piece of plastic that had the grooves printed on so mm-hmm. that you could play it on a record player. And it looked like like the, the, the sheet came on. It looked like a giant juke, like a 50s jukebox. And it was like the million dollar menu song. Um, and it had the black flexi disc on it, which was square. But, you know, it had the round, the circular print grooves in it mm-hmm. to, to do the song. And below was the coupons that came in every circular. But this was different. Oh, my God. The tracker. We ran down. We, you know, dropped the needle on it, played it, and um, we didn't win. Now, it was, I think, an 80 million to one chance or something like that. And if, what, how you would win is every record that you normally get, they screw up the song somewhere in it. Now, if you got a version of the record where they didn't screw up, screw up the song, you'd win the million dollars. I don't know if the record exists. I think did, it had. Did it. they make it very obvious that it was screwed up? Or like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't get your hopes yeah, they're like, up. Oh, they stopped those. singing. They stopped okay. singing. Like, oh, we, get, we didn't get it. Um, yeah, these flexi discs, they're like paper and they weren't uh, very, you know, they probably didn't, wouldn't, they didn't have much longevity. You could no. still find people playing them on YouTube and search it and hear the audio that was on it. And uh, it was, it, it made news. I don't, you don't remember this? I, re- I remember the discs. I remember that, but I don't remember the um, McDonald's one in particular. This, this I have a feeling this came off the success of their Big Mac song, which was early in the 80s, mm-hmm. which we'd recite. And then I remember in school, and this is probably embarrassing, but we'd all try to recite it, get it right. That was like, that became like a thing, a pop culture thing that I know of. It might not have been. Um, <clears throat> so it was, uh, there's a neat little promotion and I, I don't know if you can even do that anymore. Now you could probably do something where like there's a little recorder in there and you pull a tab and it, mm-hmm. and it plays it just like, um, the Homer Palooza tickets, the authenticator strip. <laughs> <laughs> this is an authentic Hollapalooza ticket brought to you by something, something that's good refreshment. <laughs> So uh, there was also another one that was in 89 on Ghostbusters Serial, another flexi disc, And I got this one, too. And I don't know if it came before or after. Probably after. And it was for, to promote Ghostbusters 2. <clears throat> so it came on the, on the box. And you pull it off. You take it down your record player. And it'd play uh, this like little uh, like commercial kind of for Ghostbusters Serial and Ghostbusters 2. And then the vo- of what was supposed to be the cartoon voice of Egon came on. It was not, but it sounded, I guess, kind of similar to it. But even at in, at my age, seven years old, I knew that it was. That it was a different voice actor, yeah. or just that the quality of it was so poor. That bad, yeah. Like one was, of those turtle zip strip. Yeah, exactly. Talking just. And so it asked you three like really easy questions about uh, Ghostbusters two, and it was like, what, what city did they battle ghosts in? What was underneath the city? That was causing a problem. And then you have to write it on a three by five card and mail it to this address for your chance to win. Oh, the amount of energy we used to have to go through to do shit. Right. Now we bitch if we have to like put our full address in on the yeah. phone. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so that was those were these flexi discs and the McDonald's menu song. I had to I had to pull some sort of fast food junk thing mm-hmm. from the 1989 and this well, was I almost because McDonald's is just it was I mean they're still a monster but at that time like they were the pinnacle of western society like they said we were putting that was our nuclear missile that we were sending to Moscow we were putting McDonald's in 
Right. You know, it's like the same thing we're doing with China right. now. Fuck you. We're fucking. Fuck watch this. Uh, what American capitalism dong just whip out and boom in the right. golden arches. Um, but they actually had one of the top selling products, one of the top selling toys of 1989 was McDonald's like. Uh, Outfit, yeah, it was like, like the a, apron, uh, an apron and, and tongs and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, uh, and you know what? I, another one was the Play-Doh Big Mac set. Mm-hmm. I think we we spoke of that. We Actually, did. I believe the Whopper. I had the, we the did Whopper, the Whopper, the Whopper yeah. set. It wasn't until like more in like ninety nine two thousand. I think they switched and got the McDonald's rights to it. No, no, they they both had them both. They did. Yeah, even yeah. back then. Yep. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they they would have uh, yeah, you get the apron and the visor, and you could dress up and play McDonald's. And then you go to a Halloween store and get the makeup so you could put third-degree burns on your arms <laughs> on the deep fryer. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, back then they were deep frying the pies. Oh. They weren't even baking them yet. All right. Well, uh, we should move on to your first. Well, so I cut you off. I, it's been too long. It's been – there were a couple topics I noticed. You have some. I have some that it's taken us almost a year you, this finally, is a preamble for your pick. This is a preamble for my pick. And there's no, a request. No, to by, be fair, we've mentioned this. We've mentioned this. It's come up, but it's never been an official, an official topic. And finally, I got a text from my friend, and he's like, dude, will you please talk about... It's like this and Star Wars, because we even talked Star Trek figures. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We officially talked like a legit topic on this show, a bullet point is Star Trek action figures. Right. We're s- Yet we've never once t- officially talked about the biggest action figure toy line that's ever right. Can existed. Can I let everyone know that we're saving it for before the next movie comes out? So yeah, in it, it'll early happen. December. No, it's on that schedule I sent you. Yeah. Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. So before The Last Jedi comes out, we are doing a Star Wars special. We might even do two because there's just so fucking much to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right, but here's your first pick. On November 22nd, the adventure continues. All right, time circuits on. Get ready. Get set. 2015! Welcome to the future. I gotta check this out, Doc. Where anything is possible. Cubs win World Series. Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film. Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Back to the Future Part 2. Sorry, that got on. <laughs> Drinking was, Cherry Coke Zero. That, so. was, that was attractive. Yeah. Uh, what better way to start up bringing them back to the future to show them what Back to the Future 2? Yeah. Because it's half of it's the first movie. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get the love, I think. It, it gets a lot of hate. It, Why? Our generation doesn't. Our generation loves yeah, well, the first one. It's I'm, still, I'm sorry, the second one. Well, it, it didn't make nearly as much money at the box office to begin with. And there was a big drop off there. Now, it also hurts it. I mean, it came out in, I think, March. And then, well, three actually came out I'm six sorry, months later. I'm sorry, but I have to disagree because all the cosplay, everything you see for Back to the Future is from Back to the Future 2. Yes. So I'm, I'm not... I disagree with... Well, no, when I, did, when I did my Marty, I was the old school Marty with the vest and the headphones and shit. Yeah, but a lot of them have that colorful cap on. Well, yeah, because there's more Then they to came it. out with the Pepsi Perfect. And then Nike made the sneakers. Yeah, you know. so... Uh, but no, the, the, you could this, buy iPad covers of the sports well, almanac. Well, the thing is, I mean, one gets all the love and it should, cause it's a fantastic film and it stands a test of time and it stands alone. Um, I think two was more, a little more, it was more action to it. It was quicker pace. It, the story itself might be a little more convoluted too. 
but uh, I don't know where or why the hate even exists. But there are people that just look at this movie and treat it the same way people treat Temple of Doom. Yeah. And I, I just think well, it's... Well, 3 it's definitely is a Last Crusade because I don't really care for 3 that much. I know you it's know your what? favorite one, right? No, one's my favorite. Oh, okay. I, but I appreciate 3. I think 3 stands alone as its own movie. I look at 3 as more of a... I feel like 3 came out right after 2. They're like well, back it, to back. It did, six months apart. Six months they apart. shot them together. Yeah. Because uh, my, there was some bitterness there, but Michael J. Fox was still so committed to Family Ties and he would not leave production for that. Um, that he they scheduled that around. So I shot both movies at the same time, which now you do more and more often yeah. when you already have um, like your sequels set in place. Right, and, they're already shooting Avengers 4. Yeah, and they hadn't intended on even doing sequels. Back <coughs> to the Future was going to be it, and then it had so much success. Even the way it ended, open-ended, it wasn't meant to lead into it. In fact, the whole to-be-continued thing that you see isn't in theaters, wasn't in theaters. That was only on the home, home video when they determined, okay, we are going to do mm. uh, sequels. So they figured we shoot them at the same time. <coughs> they saved some money. They had to go back and forth between LA and then into the desert uh, to shoot three. And then there was a, a, a PA just driving Michael J. Fox. And he even said there are stories where he had the, guy, the driver would pick him up and carry him asleep into his house and put him to bed. Because that's just how exhausted he was over the course of like the three months of shooting Family Ties and two Back to the Future movies. And of course, it's brought to you by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. And um, there are a couple uh, producers on it. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, and Steven Spielberg. Ah. That's it's, like... Uh, it's like they were the puppet masters of our childhood. <laughs> they were just... Uh, were? <laughs> are. Continue <laughs> to just... Adulthood? Um... And it was also, they weren't too happy with it. It didn't make a, a ton of money like they, they thought it would. It was on a $40 million budget. Uh, still only brought in $332 million worldwide, which, I mean, that's great. But compared to the monster that was the first one. And also, I mean, you look at that summer, and I would think 1985, I'm trying to think what else was out there, but Back to the Future would just sit in theaters and people would go all summer long it was also the slowest movie to reach its uh reach that goal until i think like my big fat greek wedding or something like took like 30 years or some shit to make a million dollars um but they were coming off of uh who framed roger rabbit as well which that tunnel the tunnel where uh marty's chasing after biff in the car uh, to get the magazine that is also the same tunnel that was used in who frames roger Ra- who framed oh. roger rabbit which you know when directors are comfortable in a location, they continue to go back to it. Right. And this is also like ILM was busy as hell. They were at their peak here just doing their thing because there was a lot more DeLorean work. And which ironically, if you look, not using the word properly, but we'll use it anyway. Marty not once drives a DeLorean in uh, Back to the Future 2, despite all the DeLorean action in it. He drives it in one though, right? He drives it in one, drives it in three. Right. But, yeah, he never drives it in two. Uh, in the two's timeline, you see him drive it. Right. He sees himself drive it, but that's still footage from, right, one. from one. And speaking of using old footage from one in two, uh, a little actor known as Crispin Glover uh, decided he didn't... He wanted more money for his role in two. 
And I, I don't know. There was a lot of back and forth, and it got ugly. But he basically priced himself out, and I think at this point he was looking at himself as the hoity-toity actor that... That guy's you know, mental, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So he basically priced himself out, and then uh, they used old footage in the movie... And, and two, they used footage from one and then also used prosthetics to make a different actor look like him. He sued, they settled, and then he also got a credit as George McFly in old footage or something like that. It's an odd credit that mm. he actually has in two. And then now because of that, the Screen Actors Guild got together. Now there are big rules now as far as making another actor look like another actor to fill their role if they don't like are replaced in a sequel. Mm. Like you can, like they couldn't take, um, they couldn't make Val Kilner look like Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I, I was thinking like Don Cheadle, they didn't make him look like, uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Yeah. Uh, which man, Terrence Howard, missed man, out. you screwed up, buddy. I know, right. uh, and to be fair, I like Terrence Howard, but Don Cheadle's the Don man. Cheadle's better. Yeah. He's yeah. the man. He's in swordfish. How can you not love him? <laughs> he's in boogie nights. Boogie nights. Buying donuts. Oh, it's my favorite. It's the greatest <laughs> scene ever. It's the greatest scene in cinema history. Uh, it, I don't know why I laugh so hard at that. This is the horrific. This is the second time it. on this podcast you it mentioned is, this. Uh, it's so fantastic. Um, and despite everything else just just flopping around in that movie, that's my, it's my favorite scene. <laughs> um, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, and also into maybe one of the most technical, difficult shots up to that point, which would be because Michael J. Fox played himself. He played, you know, his old self, his younger son, and his daughter. Right. And I actually have in one of my in one of my books from college, like where they, they talk, like one of my technical books about making movies, because that's what I thought I was going to try to do. Um, they break this down in detail uh, of the number of mat shots that they had to do, and the difficulty in the three of them of him sitting by himself at the table acting against himself. Which they've done this before. And later, Eddie Murphy would become famous for. You're sure. Oh, yeah. The, the entire movie is basically that. But at the time, you were just doing basic mat work. And uh, the biggest difficulty was doing it take after take after take from different angles over the course of days. So all the pieces in the set, if you move one piece you're going to notice it. It's going to jump in the frame. So Zemeckis had the great idea, which was let's hot glue everything. So all, all the set pieces, all the set dressing, everything is hot glued to the set so it can't be moved if like something gets bumped unless there's an earthquake. There was an earthquake. Which there was an earthquake, and everything got fucked up. So they go back and reshoot that whole scene over again once mm. they were only they were partway through. They had to shoot it from the start because the earthquake, earthquake came through and disrupted uh, all of the uh, all the set dressings. Um, let's talk about the fun things now. Uh, the '80s cafe. Hey, how you're just mean. <laughs> you're a mean spirited man. Well, I mean, you're giving all this technical details. Yeah, we should be talking about some of the fun technical details. <laughs> well, the things you know, the fun pop culture items in in it, and they're there. The Pepsi Perfect, like Elijah Wood. Is he in that movie? Yeah. What is he? He's a kid at the at, at the, the counter at, at the at the arcade. Oh, you got to use your hands. That's him. That's a young. That's his first movie role. Um, that's the what? What's that game they're playing? The um, shooting game. Shit, 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 shit. 
I figured you would have known this. Golden, ah, so I don't want—I don't want to be too technical for you. Well, you already. Uh, future two arcade game. And the Wild Gunman. Wild Gunman. You should have known better. I did. Uh, the self-lacing. Oh, yeah, oh, Wild Gunman. Nike SB. Mm-hmm. The then in the house scene, everyone loves the Pizza Hut. They just pulled the out the rehydrator. Put it in the rehydrator. It was also they also basically predicted flat screen TVs. They did uh, multi-channel viewing at the same time. Fax machines <laughs> were huge. Uh, and Lutron lighting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, they also predicted uh, the the thing is they predicted the Cubs World Series, right? Uh, they were close. They were off by a year. Right, and then uh, uh, Biff but, was technically modeled on Trump. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. scary. Uh, which, I mean, they're a couple of years behind, but we're not far off. And, but, uh, and then, uh, what was the other thing from the future that I was trying to, drawing a blank here. Oh, the hoverboards, obviously. Oh, hoverboards, yeah. yeah. So it, Everyone at school everyone thought they were coming because, out for Christmas. Well, it's because Zemeckis joked saying that they are out there, but because parents are worried about the dangers of them, they won't release them Uh for the consumer market. Right. And people just jumped on it and assumed that he was telling the truth about that when it was just a tongue-in-cheek joke. And, and still to this day, people are now trying to develop this toy prop to make it something... Oh, yeah. Real. And we'll, I'm sure somehow we'll get it eventually. The control thing is an issue. You could pro- they can make something that will hover that you could stand on, but the second yeah. you try to you know create some motion, you're going to go. Well, flying. they call those like segways without the stand-up thing hoverboards. You know that. Oh, the ones that explode and burst into flames. Right. Yeah, it's not a ho- you're not hovering. Right. So get over <laughs> it. <clears throat> All right. Um, I guess we should move on. Are you done? Oh, Ten, yeah. I'm no fine. more technical details? No, no, I, I won't. Hang on. Just so wait. we talked about a really good movie. <laughs> 11 hours worth of work. <laughs> why? Why? Why provide information? Why educate the populace? Oh, boy. He's, he's very moody, kids. He's, very, he's fragile. You just crumble that up for a gag, and now it's going to be tough to read. No, it's fine. All right. I'll pop my thing up. We're going to do it in my next pick. Two tickets to California, please. That's $226. Well, we only have $27.30. What does that get us? Nowhere. Corey's taking his brother Jimmy on a ride. These two boys already traveled more than 80 miles across the state. We've hired someone to find him. What's his problem? He's just giant. But Jimmy's got a secret. You got 50000 on Double Dragon? that could make this the ride of their lives. Look at him. He's a wizard. He's headed for the video championship. <laughs> this guy? What is that? Power glove. Yeah, well, uh, just keep your power gloves up front, right? With a touch of romance. I am not kissing a boy. And a ton of trouble. That's huge. We're too late. Put me down! Sorry about that. What we've been listening to is a commercial for a 90-minute commercial for Nintendo. That's what many consider The Wizard as. Fred Savage starring with his little quiet brother who wants to go to California 
because that's where he has his memories of his dead sister. Bo Bridges and Christian Slater are also in this movie as his uh, the older brother and father, and Jenny Lewis, who is now a popular uh, indie musician, is um, also in this movie. Uh, they go on a cross. They're they're about to go to California when uh, they find they see Jimmy, and in like five seconds he gets fifty thousand on Double Dragon. I don't know what that means. It's a very arbitrary number, and he's like fifty thousand on Double Dragon. Like that's something we should all be in, like very fucking impressed by. So this girl, who's I guess some sort of weird female non-hooker hustler. Uh, she's like thirteen or something at the time, but she's hustling sees this and they realize they could hustle their way across country playing video games and get to the some sort of Reno video game championship and leading them to the Nintendo championships in California. And, you know, they they hustle their way through while, meanwhile, the... I said meanwhile too much. But the guy's, the wife, Bo Bridges' wife, is, you know, Jimmy's mom hires some scumbag, and he's also following him. But Bo Bridges and Christian Slater want to find them before the scumbag. So they're constantly, like, jabbing each other and, and hurt, turning each other, you know, the different different ways. And Christian Slater is playing the Nintendo. I mean, when really, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Bo Bridges is really getting into it, playing Ninja Turtles and and playing Nintendo because everyone plays Nintendo and it's like showing that even your dad who hates Nintendo can, can enjoy it. And you know, they go to meet Lucas, another gaming expert, and he said that's when he puts the power glove on and does the famous line, I love my power glove. And then he does the line, well, uh, keep your power glove to yourself. Puts his arm around Jenny Lewis. Great bit of acting. And at that point, everyone and he's like playing rad racer like this, and it's working perfectly. You know, he's got <laughs> yeah. his arm out like he's like in virtual reality. And everyone's like, "I need a fucking power glove." But I think like a year later, you can get it at liquidation at Toys R Us for like three dollars because they didn't work. <clears throat> Moving on, we get to Reno where they're like sitting at the pool, and they keep calling those Nintendo tip lines. You know, which would cost mm-hmm. like forty-seven dollars a minute. I don't know how they had the money to keep calling these. And they're like, "Okay, let me." They pulls out his binder. Let me help you through that. You know, trying to get Jimmy tips. To, but if this little like wizard kid was that good, why would he need Nintendo tips? Uh, then they get to California and they're all playing, but they're gonna play a new game, a new game, a new game. It's Super Mario Brothers Three. Collectively, when we all saw this, we shit our fucking pants. Because it was right before. Uh, oh, you did it then? What? I'd already shit my pants. I mean, this was for Super Mario Brothers 3. Like, oh, okay. We, it was like. Oh, you're not literally. No, yeah. We li- you literally shit your pants in excitement for this mm-hmm. new, new game. And rightfully so. This game delivered. But it came out in almost 18 months in Japan before it did in the U.S. So they had all this footage and you know, music and everything. The game was done. <clears throat> but it really, this movie really drove home the fact that we need to fucking get uh, Super Mario Bros. 3. And the movie ends with them and the dinosaurs, the little kid in the dinosaurs, and he's got this little lunchbox with, like, pictures of him and his sister at the dinosaurs. The same ones from uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure out in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's the wizard. 90 minutes of, like, just... Fucking Nintendo coming all over our face. 
neck and chest. <laughs> and we wanted it. <laughs> Jesus. We wanted that Nintendo uh, dressing. Anyway, your next pick. Well, I mean, we all can't have the most exciting video game out there. Some would, you know, some like to take a slower approach and um, build off of, build something from nothing, if you will. We built this city. Sorry, Whoa. I had to play the worst song to ever exist. In the there's no no advertising, no marketing, no. I just think of Homer singing this. It. Well, yeah, it, there's no big marketing for a little game clips. called SimCity. Yes, because this this is the sound. Because I was gonna pull the sound the, the songs for SimCity. This is what we're speaking of. But th- this is uh, this is what you get to hear while playing SimCity. So you have your choice. You can either listen to this or we'll put more Jefferson Starship on. It's your uh, choice. Let's, uh... So Will Wright created this little game called SimCity. I will, oh, God, okay. Yeah. Uh, will Wright created this game and went to Maxis with, Maxis with it uh, back in the 80s, and it's a city-building game. And... He basically, he wanted something, he uh, started creating maps for other video games and thought, you know, this is just fun building maps. So he came up with the idea of this city planning game. And it was pretty basic at the time, but he just got more and more obsessed over the in, uh, in, con, intrinsic, the little details. Uh, and then they started uh, putting this game together and no one wanted this game. They, he couldn't sell it to anyone. Eventually... Uh, they got developed, put it out there, went on... Uh, originally, it was developed for the Commodore 64 back in 85. Oh, I love the Commodore 64. Didn't come out for another four years. Uh, and then at that time, it came out on DOS. And then wouldn't come out... And it came out on Mac and uh, DOS in 89. It wouldn't come out for PC or for Windows and PC until 92. Now, I think I've played it maybe once or two, once or twice before on that old laptop I talked about. Yeah. Uh, that I first played Wolfenstein Is on. Is it Tandy? Uh, most yeah, likely. Yeah, with, with the blue cr- monochromatic um, screen. And, I mean, nothing is more fun than an overhead view of a, uh, a map where you lay down your, uh, what'd they have? It was you had your commercial, pri- public, and uh, uh, commercial, residential, and industrial areas. And where the new SimCity games are all these animations and cool buildings, you would initially just drop down a colored square, and it would be like I for industrial. Oh. And eventually, as it was got there bigger, disasters. Oh yeah, you had disaster, you had tornadoes and earthquakes and, and stuff. From yeah. our earlier conversation this morning about roller coaster tycoon, I could assume you were just oh, interested I, primarily. I would, in, I would always try to build disaster yeah. riddled cities, and so we are in a, a quick store side note. We were in Atlanta this past weekend. Uh, we were at the opening of that new 
gigantic Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a preseason game. Not Falcons fan, not Cardinals fans, just there to see the stadium and friends. And my buddy Matt's kid was there, and this is the first time I was meeting him, and he's like this little fucking genius, man. He's talking. We jokingly asked him. She, uh, Matt said he's like really into the periodic table of elements, and I was like, well, I don't know, like any, like thing to quiz you on. So Enchantress just asked him what uh, oxygen was, and he looked at us like we're idiots. Like I asked him what two plus two was, and he's like eight, like not like questioning like like what are you stupid it's eight and i'm like i don't know is that right and she confirmed it was right but this kid's playing this game uh sandbox and it's like that you would like him he's like i'm about to launch a uh ef category tornado on them it's going to be a catastrophic and i'm looking at matt i'm like how old is this kid and matt's like tell him what ef stands for and he let he he drops what ef i don't even remember what the fuck it means but he drops the ef uh, what it stands for, and uh, he knows all the code. And he said he's trying to make a grading system for tsunamis, so this kid might save us all from attacks. He's he's trying to come up with his own grading system to measure tsunamis. Oh, so he told me he's doing in his spare time. That's fun. He's eight. Genius. That sounds like someone that's going to try to create a machine to create a tsunami. <laughs> yeah, well, that's some super he was taking shit. a he was taking a lot of pleasure in destroying this this game sandbox. I downloaded it. I want to play it. It looked fun. Uh, they all the time. Play. Who's uh, well, smarter than me? So I should have fun with it. Biohazard. It was, there was a um a little fun game out where you would create like a super virus and try to wipe out the world population before it could uh, adapt to uh-huh. your virus. That was a fun little game. I could imagine you would enjoy oh, that. I obsessed over yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then same thing, like, I would obsess, ooh, running utility lines, running water lines. This is so much the fun. The minutia that you The, the minutia, the grinding, the, the, the taxing, so you can, taxing people so that you could generate revenue to then build more roads, but you don't want to tax them too much because they'll get upset and lower productivity. And uh, it, this was one of those games that I would just obsess over. And the best part about it was, it was single player. <laughs> And I could just I could close go. those curtains and just sit there with no sound or no music whatsoever. I wouldn't even put music on and just listen to the the sound of dropping road roads and the little beeps and plips of SimCity. Just the the eight bit uh, the eight bit soundtrack to my life. No, even though it was eight bit, I don't think that was eight bit. Probably not. Just. Uh, whatever came off the card, that whatever your modem would make. Yeah. Um, and then, Binary. Uh, yeah, and then eventually, uh, yeah, uh, SimCity 2000 came out '93, I think, and then that was a monster. Right. That was like the first real looking game. Like, it was just a pretty looking game, and then with the editors and stuff, I would get lost in that. I can imagine. Of course. Uh, now it's open source. Uh, they released it. And uh, it's uh, tied to the One Laptop, One Child program mm. so that these kids can play this fun little game. I'm pretty sure they do not have the attention span. And it, no kid, I think, mm. today has the attention span to play the original SimCity like mm. it is. Uh, they have a version that's, uh, what's that, when you have to, uh, the modernized game. You get a free, but it's you got to pay to. Pay to play? It's not pay to play. It's like. It's a model you hate. Microtransactions? Microtransactions. Oh, yeah. They have a microtransaction version. 
of like SimCity. 99 cents where for you play a kind really of quick building. And, you and know, and then like you have to wait, oh, you know, you play it on your phone and then you wait a certain amount of time where you could pay real money to get it to happen sooner. The people pay it. Yeah. It works. I don't. I'm fine with the grinding. I take pleasure in the grinding. No, nah, I'm aware. All right. Uh, this uh, this next thing, you know, really put the state of Florida on the map. is filmed on location with the men and women of law enforcement. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. You can't have a cop's brumpo without that on it. So cops was, was started in 1989. My dad loved this. Uh, and I forget, it was Saturday or Sunday night. Saturday nights was cops, right? Mm-hmm. Saturday nights was always, you know, he'd, be, he'd have to watch cops and then he'd kind of like, like nod off and pay attention to his radios during um, America's Most Wanted, which came on after it. But uh, Cops was his show. Uh, I think he still watches it. On Sp- it's on Spike now. Oh, it's on, yeah. It's- and the reruns are syndicated everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, and I say state of Florida, I think Florida is the, the most interesting episodes of Cops. It's a strange place. It is a strange place. There's a lot of different uh, ecosystems in Florida from up north to east and west coast to the and southern tip. Down the wing. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot. Florida has presents a lot of opportunity and a lot. And it's there's there's its own culture and then the 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 commute culture, like the culture that moved down there. Mm-hmm. That you know, there's there's a lot of blending going on. And the culture that moved up there as well. And the culture, yeah, the culture that moved up there too. Um, from Cubana and various places. But, uh, yeah, so Cops was created by these two guys, and they were pitching it for years. And then there was a writer's strike, and I believe in 88, which caused Fox to panic. They had hit shows like Married with Children, amongst others, and they were worried about, were worried about having programming. <clears throat> so they picked up this reality show, the, I, I, which I think might have been the first ever reality show. It's very Cineverte in that... In that style? Yeah. Hmm. So um, they picked up Cops. It became an instant hit and is still one of the longest running shows ever because when it was canceled in 2011, Spike TV picked it up and it's been on there since. It's still running. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, a lot of the times, the best episodes of Cops are when you see like the audio mixer or like the camera guy put his camera down and the audio mixer picks it up and they get involved in the situation like if some crack whore is like about to attack a cop and the the audio guy will grab her and pull her back. You know, the blurred out, that's the first place in time we ever saw blurred out faces. Mm-hmm. You know, it, cre- it created a, 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 its own genre, that whole like cops thing. Like we've seen it parodied, like uh, in, in Living Color did the first parody of it with thugs, like a, a, an opposite of cops. Mm-hmm. So it showed from their perspective. Of course, Reno 911, uh, did their take on it. Uh, I, I believe Chappelle's show did a take on it. I'm sure it's been parodied on Saturday Night Live. Well, if you think every everyone, I, all the way up to like The Office or any show where they break the fourth wall pretty much right. and took their cues from from what Cops was. Right. 
So yeah, that's uh, cops was a it was a big part. It was always fun to watch. It was always interesting, and um, um, you know they follow constables. The, the best ones are always like the constables, the ones who really didn't have a whole lot of power, but were picking up like the worst people, mm-hmm. and they'd like fight back, and they really they had no gun, so. <laughs> Pull out their pepper spray and start spraying and getting crazy. Those are always the most fun. It it must have been great, too, being on, like, the wardrobe department there because you didn't really have to do much because most of the time people were not wearing clothes. Um, What do you mean wardrobe department? Are you making a joke? Yeah. Uh, no, file, it, file that one. No, it landed. It, it landed. Didn't. You just didn't get it. You well, just weren't paying it. You didn't even listen to me. I was listening. No, you weren't. It must be fun to be on the wardrobe department. Yeah. Well, there. I mean, it's a reality show. Uh, yeah. Again, file it. I don't think no, it. No, no. It was that's fine. Not working. It was, I'm going to defend that one. I'd workshop it. Have you ever seen an episode of Cops? Many. Yeah. No one wears clothes. Right? That was the joke. Okay. Well, I mean, there was there might have been other ways to get to the punchline. Just saying. <laughs> oh, again, squeeze her face. Anyway, cops. It was filmed on location. All suspects are presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Squeezer's joke is presumed bad until proven funny in a court of podcast. And... There weren't enough cop shows on TV in 1989, so we needed to draw one. My mistake. That was my cops. We're talking your cops. Here we go. Cops. Central organization of police specialists. Fighting crime in a future time. Protecting Empire City from Big Boss and his gang of crooks. Remember cops? I remember the action Kenner action figures. Okay. I think more than uh, it was Hasbro. It was Hasbro. We're we're not going to get to those yet. That's a whole other show because I don't have enough time to get into the cops action figures. It's crime fighting time. It's crime fighting time. Is that all you're waiting for? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved. I I watched this show longer than it was actually on TV as a kid. I, I couldn't say I even ever saw really, that. Episode. Oh, I love this show. Uh, so it ran. Uh, from 88 to 80, well, 89. Um, the toys came out in 88. There were some comic books. Uh, and it was another one of those commercials for Hasbro. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's, they're cops now. There's, um, it's an anagram for the Central Organization of Police Specialists mm. because they saw the word cops and someone sat around and like, all right, we have to make I this. thought it was Citizens on Patrol different cops oh. 
You can do a whole cops episode. Police it's, Academy. Citizens on Patrol. Uh, this was deck. The, um, these episodes were directed by uh, Kevin Altieri, uh, known really? for uh, Alf Tales, uh, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Kevin and, Altieri was and, huge on Batman and animated Stripperella. Stripperella. And then uh, uh, he also uh, That's was by um, Bruce. Uh, Stanley's Stripperella, right? Yes. Stanley. Yeah, Stanley was being Stripperella. Pam and Anderson. Then, and yep. Yeah, and Altieri then, uh, was big in yeah. that. He also was a co-director uh, on a Do the Evolution Pearl Jam uh, video. Well, that's right. We talked along about with, that. Yep, yeah. Todd McFarlane, yeah. who created Spawn. Right. He's, he's, uh, he just got a deal with Blumhouse. They're doing a, a Spawn, a new Spawn movie. It's going to be like a horror, like a true to the comics uh, Spawn not, movie. Not the... Not what was released in the okay. 90s, yeah. Oh, that CGI was rough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guess what? This was uh, uh, distributed by Deke. No way. <laughs> no kidding. Um, it was Deke. syndicated for uh, 65 episodes. Uh, and in, in uh, 93, they, re- they ran reruns. Okay. Uh, so this went from 89 to 93? No, 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 89. Oh. It ran 80, 88 to 89. Most of them aired in 89. Okay. Um, in 1993, they started rerunning, uh, well, reruns, uh, but under the title Cyber Cops because they didn't want it to be confused with another show on the air named Cops. The Fox show. Yes, your, sh- your cops yes. that we just spoke of. Yes. So, yeah, uh, three, four years later when Cops had heat and it was like at its peak, right. they wanted to change the name because I guess... They didn't. They why, didn't want, why? I would just re-air it as cops and trick people. I, Man, studio execs. I, there, there's a studio. I mean, no one ever said a studio exec knew what the fuck he was doing. Just read the book Hit and Run about Peter Groover and John Peters. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is just another half hour. I should create some sort of Amazon link on our <laughs> website so people could go and buy it, and I actually do get a cut of this book. <laughs> mm. So, in Empire City... Uh, is this where it takes place? Empire City takes place, even though every other city is real because they go around the country to recruit cops from each cop from a different specialty from a different city to come to Empire City to take down uh, Big Boss and then the, all the other henchmen like Doctor Bad Vibes and oh yeah, Doctor Bad Vibes and uh, who's roast, voiced by Ron Rubin, who's also the voice of uh, Morph. From X Men and uh, Mahoney from the Police Academy animated series as well. And then, yeah, you had all your cool guys like there was a uh, uh, BP Vess, mm-hmm. nicknamed Bulletproof, who uh, in the pilot series, he's an FBI agent come to stop him, and he is in a car wreck and he will never really walk again or it'd take years. So they give him this robotic chest that will allow him to, and then, you know, hence BP Vess. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, he went out and brought together his whole crew, like Longarm and uh, Bowser and Blitz and then Mace, who was a Philly SWAT team guy who was just this yucky, uh, fun dude with uh, a square jaw. He was, my, he was probably my favorite guy out of all of them because he was a little bulkier than the rest of the characters, so I was kind of drawn to it. <laughs> uh, and they, uh, everyone had their cool little gadget. Everything was a gadget in Gizmo. Mace has his has his Mazer cannon, which was a laser cannon, but Mazer because it's Mace. 
long arm had like a grappling hook handcuff. They all kind of had a gimmick. Bowser and Blitz, he had a robotic dog with a police light on the dog. That was pretty cool. And then, yeah, all the helicopters and vehicles and gadgets and gizmos and, you know, Dr. Bad Vibes would have to make more crime things like to steal rather than just rob the bank. You would steal the whole bank, things like that. Well, yeah, I mean, why just rob a bank when you could have the whole building? Yeah. Uh, And then, uh, of course, they had their PSAs at the end, which were always fantastic, uh, similar to uh, G.I. Joe. And then the animation itself, uh, the opening sequence is pretty awesome, and it's really well done. And some of the close-ups on the characters are awesome, but then there are other shots where it's just god-awful. Like, there's this one in the pilot, there's a little fatty riding a bike, and it's where, I swear they didn't even draw a face, or they forgot to, so last minute they just penciled in a smiley face on him. So yeah, the animation was quite hit or miss, and it was criticized for that quite a bit. But to me, I, I absolutely adored the show, and I would play along with it with my figures. And it's almost like an instruction manual what to do with your toys. But uh, I will not go into detail on these toys because they are just too awesome to be blended into. They were really awesome figures, uh, and I will be getting into much greater detail with them down the road. All right. Well, moving on to my next pick. <coughs> That uh, <clears throat> was the attention getting from the uh, Hershey Kisses, and Hershey, the lead Hershey Kiss, and that whoosh, was the end Hershey Kiss wiping his, uh, his head because they succeeded in, in doing this commercial. Do you remember this commercial? You mm-hmm. have to because it's oh. played every I, I still year. Do. Right. This was the Hershey's Kiss uh, Bell Choir commercial. It is Hershey's longest-running product commercial ever. Uh, it debuted in, of course, 1989, and it's still going strong. And John Dunn, an employee for Hershey, he was the brand manager at the time, went rogue to make this commercial. He went to San Francisco to create a series of Hershey Kiss commercials, all focusing on the idea of whimsy. When he was working in the advertising firm uh, Ogbley and & Mather and Colossal Pictures, a production company, to create the ads, and he realized that when they were working ahead of schedule, he took two members aside and asked them to make this Chris- Christmas commercial. He had no, well, holiday commercial. He had no, um, well, I guess it is Christmas because they're saying we wish you a Merry Christmas. There are no lyrics. True. Uh, he took them and he had no authorization to make the holiday commercial. And he, he knew, though, he could sell the boss on the idea. And he did it. He, uh, so the way it was sold to his boss is on that last second when the uh, Kiss wipes its brow. Because that sold, the, the, all the Hershey brass were on this idea that Kisses were whimsical. So that sold the whole whimsical thing. Mm. Now, you, Christmas does not come around without you seeing this fucking thing no, on it's TV. everywhere. And they must have shot it on film because I guess it's it's in HD still. Hmm. And it's a case study in timelessness. Um, and since it runs for sh- such a short time frame, uh, people haven't fatigued over the ad, you know, like they would if it ran all year round. And um, Like was up commercials? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it, and it, it actually 
comes to its favor because it triggers nostalgia, just like you know, mm-hmm. our what we do. So every year you see that, you're like, oh, that's been running since I was a kid. Like those PA lottery commercials. Yeah. It's the same commercial. You just dub the voices over. Right. The, uh, the audio track just disintegrated over all the years. Yeah, right. It's only 15 seconds, though, too, mm-hmm. for the commercial. And it's good. Now, I, I've long thought that if McDonald's and Coca-Cola and a lot of these companies and M&M and Mars went into their archives... And, and would re-air these old 80s commercials, they would be huge hits. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge hits. Uh, especially during Christmas time. You know, nothing hits a person right in the feels like going back to the time when Christmas was actually more than just frustration and it was like the best mm-hmm. time of the year. Yeah, it, you, were almost, you were okay with the uh, uh, marketing of it, Nick. Capitalism behind it. There was, well, it didn't there really. Was you really didn't know it, it that was, it was. It was. It was. It was, it was something was, more innocent. Right. It was time off from school, getting together with your family, eating a whole bunch of food. Everyone's kind of in a good mood. You're getting presents. Uh, it snows, and that was when you liked the snow because it meant you couldn't go to school and you couldn't go leave your house and you got to go out and play in it. Everything was fun back then. Now it's just a headache. But you could remind people back to when it was fun. Um, like if, if if McDonald's were to dust off some of those old Christmas commercials, uh, if um, Eminem Mars, you know, with the Santa Claus and the not the he does exist, they do exist. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like earlier than yeah. that. Uh, uh, some Seven Up commercials. Seven Oh, yeah. absolutely, Seven Up commercials. Bring those calendars back. Yes, yes. Yeah. I I just know that I don't eat a whole lot of McDonald's. I couldn't tell you the last time I did, but if. Mac Moon told me to go do it. Mac tonight. Mac tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a moon. Uh, I would. You know, a lot of lucky. Uh, the the Happy Meal toys went out to the winners, and a lot of lucky winner. A few lucky winners got Mac tonight toys mm-hmm. in there. I have a random bag of Mac tonight figures too. I could give that you one. Oh. Yeah. Well, we use it on. Uh, we need dressings. We need set yes. dressings. It's true. So yeah, this was in '89, and I know it's Christmas, but I figured you know, this is a timeless commercial. So. Oh, absolutely. And my next pick kind of deals with Christmas too, but nonetheless, we are going on to your next pick. with a three-minute ice cream maker. Ice and salt, milk and mix. And three minutes later, homemade ice cream. Delicious. I made it myself. Next time, banana split. Three-minute ice cream maker. Three-minute ice cream maker with 22-piece set. New from Tyco. Was it just use rock salt? Uh, yeah. Well, they in the commercial, they used table salt. I don't think they went kids handling rock salt. It's a little more corrosive than a... Mm. Child should be playing with it. You would use you could use rock salt, especially with when you're using the legit like wood tub with the metal when you're doing your manual ice cream making. Right. You're familiar with the the process. I'm sure you make your own ice cream all the time. I don't, but I if I have to chill down a six pack of beer really quick, I'll use salt and ice salt and water. That's the way to go. Yeah. So Tyco makes the three minute ice cream maker. Um, they also made the uh, watch it bake oven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then eventually this was licensed out to Betty Crocker. They slapped their name on it, threw some recipes in there. Uh, I don't 
I never, I never had. This is one of those things as a kid. I'm like, this looks so cool. You wanted I want to make you'd my be own ice cream. You making your own recipes? Yeah, day all in the day time. Out. Oh, yeah. Um, and then eventually, though, I had done like making ice cream in the old school, you know, bucket churner and shit like that. There is no way you're making good ice cream in this thing in three minutes. Because with that big ass one with a fucking bucket full of ice and rock salt, it still takes you 30 minutes to do it. And you're switching people off because you're tiring your arm out grinding that thing. So when you watch this commercial, it's more or less like this slurry. Mm -hmm. It looks like if you go to a um, a, uh, a water treatment plant. (laughs) <laughs> and that water goes over that little waterfall, and it's just draining out all the sticks well, and mud and junk. Well, that little fucking asshole on the cover looks like she's scooping out straight old ice cream. It, it's hilarious because it's the, the slurry comes pouring out, and then when she hands him the ice cream cone, it's this perfectly formed, perfectly scooped, nice, firm, hard ice cream. Hmm. Um, I wonder if we could buy one of these and try this shit out. They they have them online. They're they're still selling them. Uh, they point out that yes, the food packets are still there, but they are from 1989, 1990, 1995. You're probably not gonna want to still eat that. Well, I'm, I'm not saying eat it. I'm just saying make it and make it look like ice cream. Oh, I would still give it a try. I mean, just go to the <laughs> hospital. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, uh, here here's where I'm calling. Um, I'm calling bullshit on this. The uh, the 22 piece set mm-hmm. that it comes with mm-hmm. uh, it comes with you know the ice cream maker. Right. Uh, it comes with a spoon and a spatula mm-hmm. and the serving tray. Mm-hmm. So count that up. Now it comes with 12 ice cream cones, two packs of sprinkles, and three ice cream flavor packs. Do they count every sprinkle? Oh well, no, <laughs> but they count the individual packs that they didn't necessarily have to break up. It also includes the manual for it. That's in the 22-piece set. So basically, by the time you, you use this once, your 22-piece set is down to a four-piece set. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nothing like inventorying uh, uh, ice cream cones. Yeah. As, uh, and cups. I see those cups. cups. Yes. Yeah. Um, cups are fun. Cups are fun. Uh, but yeah, the consistency, the consistency of the ice cream oh, was wow, not they licensed, consistent. So they made a Dr. Dreadful one. Uh, ice cream. Uh, the Dr. Dreadful ice cream machine, and it's the same fucking oh, thing. It it's Tyco. Screams. Yeah, yeah. They made a Dr. Dreadful one. They're still out there. Well, we're gonna have to. There's a I, YouTube wanna, show that's for us to make. That's big and for us to do this. I wanna. I wanna try. I'm just curious as to how it tastes. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm. I don't want to shit on it too much without knowing, but it, it obviously. It's not. The, but well, I the, had that, that, the Dr. Dreadful lab. Yeah. And it was horrible. It was not good. All right. So, but there's an obvious Tyco. edit from what is coming out of the machine to what is in the cone. <laughs> and it clearly. Plus, after how, you know. Just, they're just on the side with some briars and they're like, eh, here. <laughs> and well, here's the thing what parent wants to buy their kid a toy that lasts three minutes? Yeah, if I'm going to spend $30 on a toy for you, it better last four. It should five. be the three hour yes. uh, ice cream maker. That you have to work on it. Like, it takes three hours of dedicated work to get that ice cream. Get those kids shut the fuck up for three hours. And I doubt that there's even enough in there to make a proper serving of ice cream. I'm just going to want more ice cream. <laughs> One scoop. Come on. Oh, boy. All right. Let's, uh, and all that uh, freezing down and warming up of the plastic. It's brittle pretty quick. 
just releases all the toxins that are yeah, right. deep down inside. Right. All right, well, here's my next pick. This Christmas, the Simpsons, America's funniest new family, are giving the perfect gift. Pantyhose. No, their TV special is back. Cool. So whether you missed it the first time. Hey, Santa, what's shaking, man? Or you want to laugh again. Don't kill me, Dad. Be sure to treat yourself to this hilarious encore performance. Homer and I are looking forward to your visit. The Simpsons Christmas Special, tonight. Now, this was a commercial for the 1990 airing of it, but it debuted in December of 1989, and it was the first full episode of The Simpsons. They had shorts on the Tracy Ullman show prior to that, which was a sketch comedy a variety show on Fox. Mm-hmm. This uh, launched an empire. Uh, we talk, I mean, I, you could break down our show, and I bet 30% of what we talk about, we relate back to The Simpsons. And like I'm pointing out, though, this is it took us this long just to get to an official pronouncement of the Simpsons. Simpsons and, the and I'm not really going to talk about the whole season because we could do no. a, we're going to we're going to do a whole show on our favorite Simpson episodes, sure. you know, and talk about there's minutia to pick through in every episode. But this was the first one. Simpsons roasting on an open fire. And uh, yeah, it was it was Homer. Get they get the dog. Santa's little Santa's little helper. And um, Homer, I, mean, I don't even remember the story. I tried to just, put, he, he loses the money at the track, right? Well, he doesn't get his Christmas bonus. Right, he doesn't get his Christmas bonus. Um, and then um, he, rather than not buy presents for the family, this is, this is still sweet Homer. Like, he was right. still a bumbling klutz. He was always he, sweet. He, he was always, he's right. trying to do the best for his family, uh, despite the fact that he always attempts to murder his son. Right. Uh, so he takes a job as a mall Santa. Well, doesn't um, wait, the mall Santa and doesn't Bart get a tattoo? Bart gets a tattoo, right? Um, and then they have to use all the Christmas funds to pay to have the tattoo removed, right? Despite the fact that Bart thought it would be a sweet Christmas gift, right? Uh, but and then, they're counting on Homer's bonus, yes, big time. But then after all that work as a mall Santa, he only comes away with thirteen dollars right. after uh, the cost of the outfit and social security. Um. <laughs> I think there's this great line where Bart realizes he's Santa and he says, you, he's like, you must have sunk to an all new law or something <laughs> like that. He really pulls them out. So they go to the Greyhound. He gets a Greyhound racing tip from Barney and they go to bet the la- that $13, right, on the Greyhounds. Mm-hmm. And they bet it on Santa's little helper. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Christmas. It's so Christmas. it's got to win. So it, it was a 99 to 1 long shot. And, of course, he finishes last. <clears throat> But uh, afterwards, the dog's owner angrily disowns the dog, and Bart like like we got to take it. So they take it home, and it's a great uh, great gift. He's they're overjoyed by the dog. They got a dog. Yeah. What a great Christmas present! Yeah. No and one pays attention to Homer admitting that he didn't get his bonus, and right? All that, and Marge forgives him, and right. But yeah, it's, it's a very sweet ending for a. And they all sing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer at the end. Yes, in a very Alvin and Chipmunk esque kind yeah, of way. Right. Or I was thinking chip, the. Peanuts, you know, just stop and say, uh, uh, you know. Well, like uh, with Bart, how he oh, will yeah. interject, you know, like the, like a light bulb, and, right, right. and Homer yells at yeah. him, a la yeah. yeah, that's true. Dave. Yeah. But yeah, this was the beginning of an empire, and you know, they just fired off Clausen yesterday. Really? The, sco- the guy who's been scoring it since mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah, they fired him. They're going uh, in a different direction, music wise. No one watches the show anymore that I know of. Yeah, it's 
I watch the rerun, the old ones, over oh, and over and over. constantly. But FXX is... And I have the Simpsons world. Yeah. Watching the old ones. But yeah, I never watched the new ones. But yeah, so... That's it's just a different feel to it. Yeah. It's not the same show. Debuted in 89. Can't believe how long that's been around. Yeah. That and Cops. Fox had a, a knack of... In 89, picking them. You yeah. know what? The I, I found the commercial for the 89 Christmas special, but it was a half-seas with Married with Children, and Al gets visited by his an angel, The Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. and it is played by... Can you remember? Oh, um... Sam Kinison. That's right. It was Ken- Why was And I- he would date Jessica Hahn, who would later go on to be on the show, who would later marry the creator of the show and he just recently passed of cancer but yes she was married to him forever hmm. well they met through Howard Stern sure. yeah Jessica Hahn who was molested by you don't know this Jim Baker no she was the bookkeeper who ratted him out or like a receptionist or something like that and down in down in uh, Clearwater, he like tried to put the moves on her in a hotel. What? Oh, He's back, you know, doing televangelist shit. You know, our no good shit. friend Joel Austin, who is uh, getting some heat right now for saying, "Oh no, it's the house of God," but you people can got to stay the fuck out of my beautiful basketball arena church. Well, now he's now eventually the internet opened the doors. Well, barely though, still. Barely. Yeah, so anyway, uh, let's get on to the last pick of the night. Optimus Prime is under attack. He needs the greatest Transformers ever. Optimus, we're here as pretenders. Jazz, Bumblebee, you're back. And me, Grimlock. And the evil Starscream is here, too. Beyond, beyond anything you've ever seen before. Transformer, classic the greats are here as pretenders, classic pretender transformers, Jazz, Bumblebee, Starscream, and Grimlock. Me, Grimlock, Jack! That, uh, that voice, that guy sold every toy in, in the 1980s yeah, and 90s. he had been busy. Yeah. Um, so finally, we're going to get some Transformers on the show. Okay. So it... Trans- they've been around since, what, 83, 84? They've been putting stuff at 89. They started re-releasing some of these classic figures like Jazz and Bumblebee. What year did the movie Star come out? The movie was 86. 86. Um, and uh, these were the pretenders. So these were the classic pretenders. So they took classic uh, Transformers, um, made some modifications to more all-new molds, and then... Um, Gave them humanoid shells, if you will. These were, what do they call them? Uh, Synthetic organic outer shells. So I said that to myself out loud like 20 times, trying to make sense of it. And uh, synthetic organic outer shells. I don't think that's really a thing. Can you have synthetic organic? Mm, I don't think so. If it's organic, it can't be synthetic. No. Well, these are synthetic organic outer shells. So apparently, uh, being a car or a fire truck or a plane or a gun uh, wasn't good enough to hide anymore. So they had to create these synthetic organic outer shells to look like humans. Oh. Yeah. So these toys, they were, they were a two-piece 
it was a thin, you know, cheap plastic shell, like a case that you would pop open and the transformer would be inside. The case looked human. It had arms that would articulate like up and down. But That's other scary. than that, it was just a, a Did case. Did you have and these? I had, uh, I had uh, Starscream. Mm-hmm. And he was like this Viking guy. He had like these spikes and a little spiky helmet and a gun and you pop it open and Starscream's inside. They didn't transform all that great because these things were built these weren't the best transformers out there. Maybe Bumblebee's was half decent. Mm-hmm. Might be one of the, considered one of the better versions of Bumblebee, but this Starscream was kind of weak. But it was my only Starscream, <clears throat> and I loved it. And th- nothing makes me happier than grossly incompetent evil people. <laughs> um, so he would his figure. You kind of just pull his legs apart and hit, rip his arm, wrap his arms around, and there wasn't much else to him. He was rather stiff. Uh, and then the jet form actually wasn't half bad looking compared to the actual uh, robot form oh, okay. of Starscream. All, all of the so there were three uh, forms. There were human. Well, well, there was two forms. Well, yeah, two. Starscream, and then the it was a little plastic jet. shell that you would just close over top of it. Oh, okay, um, that was it. But they they all looked like 1960s football players. Okay, what were these called? Uh, Transformers Pretenders. These are the classics that came out in 1989. Pretenders classics. And they all look like Johnny Unitas. <laughs> um, they were just very uh, plain Jane-looking humanoids. Um, the most awkward being Jazz um, in the movie voiced by one Scatman Crothers. Uh, Jazz's shell was also a Johnny Unitas-looking white guy. Oh. For, yeah. So it was... A, l- a little awkward. Did in they there. have armor still? It was just the like the humanoid face. Well, like it was an armor. They were the bodies were also armored just to take up, make it a little bulkier. Right. Um, but I mean, the pretenders had been around for some time, and there were a lot of these pretenders and shells. But these were the pretenders classics. Yep, that's them. Weird. Yeah, they were very awkward. Yeah. Um, it, like in the the shell itself too. It's not something you would really a like of play with. White guys. It, it was just dirt, 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 dirt. Like the, nothing articulate. Their arms moved up and down because they were attached to the back half of the shell. It's that, like three faces that was you can find it. on any local Megan's Law website. Uh, pretty much, yes. Uh, but yeah, these were. I, I still just. It was my. I want to. It wasn't my first, but like I said, Starscream was awesome and it was for the longest time i had this idea in my head and it's been so long since i looked back and i had remember having this figure i'm like why did i have this shell and then just by google imaging random words i came across that it was starscream's uh shell that i had had all those years but uh, not not the best of all the transformers out there i mean you you know it was no optimus prime no bumblebee no so you kind of were hanging tough with these uh, Transformers. I was hanging tough with these guys until the Beast Wars came out, and then I went all Beast Wars. They were pretty awesome looking. I remember Beast Wars were, were selling huge still when I worked at KB. Mm-hmm. They, were just, they were just awesome figures. Uh, so just to tie in it, since we're talking Transformers, we will be joined by the Cybertronic Spree when we do our live podcast at RetroCon 2017, October 14th at the... Greater Philadelphia Convention Center in Oaks, PA. You can get your tickets at retrocons.com. 
uh, or you get them at the door. Um, Cybertronic Spree, look them up. They they dress in uh, Transformers cosplay, and they perform Transformers, the movie, as, as well as other classic uh, retro songs. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be talking to them for about 15, 20 minutes, but for 45 minutes before that, we will be doing our thing and uh, what we do best, some would say. And you can come see us live um, right there at RetroCon. Uh, also, our giveaway is still going. Uh, we're giving away a uh, Daredevil Bullseye Marvel exclusive Funko pack with a Hasbro Typhoon figure, a Spider-Man the Animated Series Punisher figure, and a Congo... <laughs> uh, uh, Blast Face Gorilla action figure plus some retro comics and trading cards. You can find that on our website, radiers.com, and on our Instagram page. All you gotta do is rate and review our podcast. Give us a listen, subscribe, and rate and review it. You're entered to win. Uh, so don't forget to do that. It'd help us out. If you like us, give us a rate, rating and reviewing, and uh, you could win all those great prizes. Right, Squeeze? That is right. And we will be back next week with more But right now, we're leaving you with a little taste of 1989 and the new kids on the block.